Ronnie, shut up! Are you recording? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something really incredible. I mean, if you get out on the stage and all you can see is people. Because if Nixon gets re-elected, yeah. it's going to be trouble. I came to, like, in an incredible rage and broke my guitar. You just don't get too bone. involved till you see yourself with some sort of gun. It's all true, folks. Mm-hmm. All you need is love. Man, I'm finally starting to wake up, Howard. Let's mm-hmm. get into some heavy stuff now. The Smith Tapes Podcast. As a Village Voice journalist and WPLJ radio personality in the 1960s and 70s, Howard Smith was at the epicenter of New York City's counterculture. Between the years 1969 and 1972, he recorded scores of long-form audio interviews with rock stars and cultural icons. These original audio reels, crates of them, then sat untouched in the back of his West Village loft, unheard for 40 years. Until now. Come together Hello, Howard. How are you? Okay. Okay, let's go. Are we on the radio or what? In this episode, we're going to hear from John Lennon and Yoko Ono. This week marks the 45th anniversary of their famous bed-in. In 1969, the couple married in a civil ceremony on Gibraltar and decided that for their honeymoon, they would exploit their fame and promote peace. Two months before this interview, they held their first bed-in in Amsterdam. With Lennon unable to get a visa to the U.S., the couple decided to hold this second bed in in Montreal. How are you? I'm fine and shattered, you know. We've been talking from 10 in the morning till 10 at night. I mean, we're selling this peace thing like soap. <sighs> you know, I'm trying to get people uh, indoctrinated to think peace, you know. Do you think doing it the way that you're doing it is working? Sure, it's working, you know. I mean, we wouldn't do it if we didn't think it would work. It's the most functional way we could work out to promote peace, you know. And even if it inspires people to do other things, uh, that's good enough, yeah. For a full week, the couple laid in bed in their suite at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel and opened the door for journalists to come talk to them. Dozens showed up, and they also gave phone interviews throughout the day. Do you think it's effective, though? I mean, you know, is it literally doing something for peace? Sure, it's doing something for peace. The only way we can do something for peace is make everyone do something for peace, or the majority of people, you know. And what we're doing is indoctrinating them to think about peace, you know. It's people's responsibility to change the world for better. And we want to indoctrinate them to do it Gandhi's way, you know. That's all. wonder about is, you know, with yourself, your whole image as being very hip, uh, very rich, very rock and roll, uh, the way you dress, the way you look and everything. Doesn't that in itself turn off the squares from listening to what you want to tell them? Yeah, but I, I don't know about that, you know. I mean, the squares are getting used to the way we look, you know. And if, they, if I cut my hair off and uh, sort of changed, I'm, I'm being myself, you know, so I'm not going to change that for anything. Do you want to speak to Yoko? Okay, put her on. Okay, here she yeah. is. Okay. Hello? Hello, Yoko. Hi, who's this? This is Howard Smith. Do you remember me? Yes, of course. Hi, Howard. Yoko, I want to ask you, why did you choose the image of a bed for your... Uh-huh. It's funny, you know. That's why? And it's relaxing. 
Yeah, but what, the way the scene up there is described, it sounds very tense. Maybe you and John are relaxed lying around in bed, but the scene are... Uh, yeah, okay, it's tense enough, but it's better than, uh, you know, being killed in the war or something like that, you know. Right after the Amsterdam bed-in, Lennon wrote The Ballad of John and Yoko. He quickly recorded the song with McCartney, and it was released as a Beatles single the day of this interview. The lyrics were controversial. John and Yoko, what actually is the meaning of the song? I want it in your words. I mean, uh, which bit of it? You mean, Christ, you know it ain't easy? Yes. Well, I mean, that means Christ, you know it ain't easy. Uh, who knows better than him how hard it can be, you know? You're just like a spostulator. You're not actually talking to Jesus, are you in that? Well, I would say yes, I am, you know. Yes and no, you know. I'm just talking. I'm just saying it like you say it on the street and like you say it in your head, you know, both. Smith played this interview on his radio show that night, and the response was so overwhelming that he called back the next day with some listeners' questions. A lot of the kids phoned in, you know, and, wa- and wanted me to ask you specific things. Okay. Okay? Right. Uh, how do you feel about the other peace movements, you know, some of the uh, sort of more militant ones that get out and march a lot and everything like that? I think marching was for our fathers who marched for better wages and better living conditions. And we live in a different age now. And it's about time they woke up and, you know, used modern methods. <clears throat> I mean, anything other than marching. Marching, that nobody takes any notice of marching these days unless they get hit. And then they take notice. Uh-huh. How about uh, the black power movements, you know, where they are arming themselves and teaching themselves self-defense? What do you feel about those groups? You know, I, I think it's uh, madness. I think that, you know, they'll either get shot or they'll shoot somebody else. Either way, it's a bad scene. Hmm. You know, I think violence begets violence. And the only way you can really do it is peaceful methods. You know? Yeah, but a lot of people, you know, feel that that takes so long and so much patience. Well, I mean, what the hell do they think they're going to do after they've shot everyone, you know, and who's going to uh, control it then? All them people with guns that took over, it's going to be great, isn't it? Hmm. Um, they want to know, um, also, the, this thing about what we talked about yesterday, about, you know, whether you should cut your hair and dress straighter so that you would be more believed. Yeah, and, my, yeah. And a, a lot of the people that phoned in felt that you should. Did you know, they? that they, well, they, they, you know what they said? They said uh, that I wouldn't do it. You know, that was their feeling, that they wouldn't do it, but you being a, a uh, you know, sort of a world leader of youth, you know, you looked up to so much that leader, maybe you... I refuse to take the responsibility of being a leader. I'm not a leader. I'm John Lennon who happens to think this way and happens to dress like this, you know, and I'm not a leader. Mm. Well, you're, a le- you're sort of what I would call a de facto leader, though. I mean, if... Uh, 
you know, just some kid from some place that nobody ever heard of went and did a bed in in a hotel. Really he probably make any difference. I might consider it, but I honestly don't think it would make an iota of difference. You know, I think it's just a, a little irrelevancy. Mm. You've got to believe in yourself. You know, above all. Two, one, two, three, four. Three days after this interview, right there at the bed in. Lennon, Ono, and a packed room full of friends and journalists recorded this song. It was immediately adopted as the anthem for the anti-war movement in America. And four months later, Pete Seeger led half a million people in singing the song at the Vietnam Oratorium demonstration on the Washington Mall. the full interview, check out the Smith Tapes on iTunes or our website for the CD. It's also in our new box set, I'm Not the Beatles, which contains all five of Howard's interviews with John and Yoko. To hear tons of other audio clips, find us on Facebook and SoundCloud. For the Smith Tapes, I'm Ezra Bookstein. Thanks for listening. Teddy, Teddy.